Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. This is a little different. Ramey's in the middle of a class, so it's just me this episode. But today on the show, I have radio voice of the Memphis Tigers with Dave Aloshan with us. Welcome to the show. Nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you joining us. It's uh, I've always listened to you and Greg Gaston on the Tiger Network, so I just your voice is iconic, so I wanted to be able to have you on the show and, and talk Tigers with you. Thank you very much. I, I, uh, I think we got a lot of good things to talk about, that, that's for sure. Well, we certainly are around the corner from this upcoming football season, about two weeks away. When this episode comes out, it'll be a week away, but I want to get started. So what got you into sports talk and sports radio and made you well, want to I, have a sports show? I knew from really like when I was in third or fourth grade that I was either going to be an athlete or I was going to talk about athletics. And I was infatuated with radio and television. I lived in Chicago. And when I'd go downtown, I would look for the skyscrapers that had the biggest antennas up top because I knew they had radio stations in there. I'd go up and see what the layout was like. And, um, uh, uh, you know, due to my size and and, uh, speed and other attributes, Buttes, uh, I was pushed in the direction of, of talking about sports rather than, uh, you know, being a collegiate or a professional player. And so I was pretty directed at an early age. I ended up going to Southern Illinois University because I, uh, I I knew uh, that was the best uh, radio TV school uh, in the area and and uh, got accepted. And uh, really, from freshman year on, I was doing television and radio and I, I found my my place, my career, my passion. Well, you're certainly doing a great job with it. All the Tiger fans love hearing you on the radio and do, doing your play by play during the games. But what do you enjoy most about being the radio voice of the Memphis Tigers and being at every game in the press box. Well, I, I, I do love that aspect of it. I, I love being associated with the university. I think it's a great school. Uh, I think the leadership at the school, particularly right now, is as good as it has ever been. When you hear about the plans for Tiger Park, when you see the indoor, when you uh, go through the 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 Lori Walton Basketball Center or um, e- even, frankly, the golf facility that they built uh, uh, a few years ago. Uh, th- this school has its athletic act together, and it has clearly its academic act since Dr. Rudd came on board. So um, it- it's an honor to, to, to be representing that school. And then I, you know, I, I, I love college athletics. I just love every aspect of it, particularly football and basketball. I love being close to the programs. Uh, I have a great deal of affection for both Ryan Silverfield and Penny. And I'm in the unique position of having done Penny's games when he was a player and now having a different relationship with him as a coach. So that's special to me in that regard and what he's been doing. And there's no coach in the history of basketball that I can think of that in their first four recruiting classes has had two classes that were number one in the country. So this is pretty historic. And to have put together a staff that includes Larry Brown, who is the only coach ever in the history of basketball to have won an NBA championship, an NCAA championship, and as a player and a coach, a gold medal on the U.S. Olympic team. He's a rare 
guy and to learn from him and to have him part of the program is just amazing. So these are unbelievable times as we begin this particular athletic year. It'll start with football, but then into basketball and the acquisition of Amani Bates to go with Duran and all the other riches. Well, I was wondering, uh, it's going to be crazy. As you speak about Amani Bates, I was wanting to get to that a little bit later on in the show. I just, I wanted to ask you something about Tiger football and, and we were going to ease into the basketball. You obviously know about fans are coming back into the season this year in the stadium and tailgating is back. So tell more about what excitement that brings to Tiger fans and like haven't been, been in the stands for two years almost and getting able to tailgate with the big games like Mississippi State as well. Yeah, as I, I, I think we saw it honestly with the spring game. You know, the spring game, we saw people that were there. They were excited. I don't know that this is over yet. The surge is very scary to me. Last weekend, we had a thousand, two thousand new kids. So that's that, 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 and then follow the health rules. That, that's all. And to anybody out there that, that is, is listening and is reasonable, this isn't a political thing. This is life and death. This is trying to do battle with the pandemic, with COVID-19 and the Delta variant. And, and I hope you all will be responsible. Well, I hope everyone that is listening to this, I hope you all are responsible and get your vaccine so that way we can be back in stadiums and not have to worry about cancellations or postponements. And we can just enjoy college football as the season goes through yeah. week. So what are your predictions for this upcoming football season? Well, you know, it's 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 a, a very interesting and and I think somewhat difficult schedule. You got Nickel State right off the bat. And, and when you look at Nickel State, you have to realize this is a team that is in the preseason top 25 for, for FCS. So Memphis should win that game, but it, it is not the cakewalk. Some people might think it will be. Um, and and then you're at Arkansas State. Uh, and I can't help but think Tom Bowen is going to be there loving revenge. Tom Bowen came to this school and helped fix football. He said, I know how to fix football. And by golly, he did. And he's going to try to do that. Fortunately, we have them early in his tenure. Uh, and of course, they've got a new coach with, John uh, in, in with a familiar name. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that. That is a test because it's on the road, but you know, this will be favored to win that game. Now you got your litmus test right there. Mississippi State. If you beat Mississippi State at home, and I hope there's a sellout for that game, now that's the true litmus test. You'll see where you are. And then Texas San Antonio, uh, that actually is a is a decent football team. I've seen them in some um underappreciated polls. And so you got them at home. Then you go to Temple, and last time you were at Temple, you got robbed with the Joey Magnifico non-catch. Then you will play a, a Tulsa team at Tulsa that there are some polls have Tulsa ahead of us. Now, they have been a very physical team under Philip Montgomery, uh, their, their entire tenure with him. And last year, their defense, because they had a kid named Zayvon Collins, who was drafted. He was the defensive player of the year. So then there's there's Sonny Dykes. Uh, he's been really good at SMU, 17 and 6 the last two years. 
And he's got a transfer quarterback from Oklahoma. He's got a freshman coming in that's really good. They got great receivers. They're going to be tough. I, I know you've got concerns because I already mentioned UCF, that, that being a litmus game. They've got a new staff in Gus Malzahn. Here's the thing I, I wonder, and that's a critical game. And for the Tigers, you've got to play that football game in Orlando, which is a very difficult place to play. But I don't know if the personnel there that uh, Josh Heupel put together with his particular system matches the kind of offense that Gus Malzahn wants to run. They do have the great quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, and they've got great receivers. I mean, they got everything in place, but how will that fit with Malzahn? That will be interesting to see. It's looking like Auburn 2.0. They're landing like every Auburn transfer guy. Because yeah. you know, they obviously played for Malzahn at Auburn and they're wanting to stick with them. They even just landed another quarterback in Joey Gatewood, who played for Gus two years ago at Auburn, who was last year at Kentucky. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, they'll probably score, but they got to shore up their defense. They gave up 33 points a game last year. If Memphis scores 33 on them with the defense they have this year, I feel pretty good about it. I do too. Our defense. Our defense looks pretty strong on the defensive line side. And so I'm excited to see what the linebackers can also bring because our linebackers always turn on in the second half. And so it's always great to see Tiger football getting those wins and sacks and just making big plays and just exciting times as a Tiger fan. Well, I, I, I think this is probably the deepest defensive team we've had going back to the Danton Bartow days or the 96 team that beat Tennessee. Uh, at this point, they're way ahead of the offense in, in fall practice. But as you mentioned, those linebackers, you've got J.J. Russell came back, Jaleel Clemens, Cole Mashburn, Jalen Allen. They're probably six deep. You probably got a rotation of two uh, teams, first and second team, that you feel pretty confident back. in. Wendell Johnson is returning as well. Yeah, uh, it, it it is, uh, you know, the defensive backfield with Barnett now, Jacoby Francis at the corners, uh, Rodney Owens is terrific. Johnson can play either linebacker or he can play a safety position. They're deep there up front. You got Mo Morris Joseph who's tearing it up. Uh, he's going to make himself a draft choice. Maurice White, John Tate, John Cartwright all back. I mean, John Tate took off for the for the COVID year and he's back healthy. This front should be pretty good. I, I think they're they're really solid on defense. And also you have a sophomore in Cam Jackson, who's gonna be a defensive end, who's a really great ball player off the off that line and get can get to the quarterback fast. So yep. it'll also be great to see him in action this upcoming season. So now I want to get back to you about Penny Hardaway and this new Memphis look and this program. Mm -hmm. We basically got a five-star staff and a five-star roster with additions like you mentioned earlier and Larry Brown and newly hired Rasheed Wallace, as well as Cody Topper, who's also been on staff for a couple of seasons and obviously the head man of Penny Hardaway. So this NBA look as your whole coaching staff just sells the program to recruits like Jalen Dern and Imani Bates, who obviously are now committed to Memphis. But why would you not want to play for a guy like Penny Hardaway or Rasheed Wallace or Larry Brown or even Cody Topper in Memphis? I mean, it's just so exciting for Tiger fans and students and alumni 
to now be able to look at your team and say, wow, I think this is our year. I think this is our tournament run. I I, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, this is a team that clearly should get to the second weekend and clearly could get to the third weekend, which is the final four. When you think about five stars, and honestly, you have to prove it on the court, but when you've got Duran and Bates, those are two five-star guys. Timberlake was a five-star guy. He's the transfer who came in. Then you got the Lawsons. They're both four-star guys. Lester Quinones, one of my favorite guys of all time, is a four-star guy. DeAndre Williams, I don't know what his star was, but I know that he was ranked number 70 in the top 100 NBA draft prospects by ESPN. Um, and then you got Landers Nolly, who was the freshman of the year in the ACC, his, his, his first year to play college ball. And I'm sure he was a four-star guy at minimum. It, it, it's just a matter of will these guys buy into whatever role Penny decides they have to play. I have no idea who they will start. When you take a look, and I just mentioned all those five stars and four-star players, I, if you think about it, Bates is probably going to have to play as a starter, right? Duran is going to have to play as a starter, right? Then you've got uh, all first-team conference in Nally. DeAndre Williams was the heart and soul of the team. Lester Quinones is is in there. There's really six guys that you could make a case to clearly be a starter. But as far as I know, the rules are you can only play five at a time. So I don't know what Penny's going to do. And that wouldn't include the Lawson brothers or Alo or uh, another four-star guy is, is Camden and Manat. And don't forget Sam uh, in the middle. He's a four-star guy. These guys have to find a way to play. Tyler Harris is a walk-on. Here's a guy who averaged seven and a half points and started in the big 12 last year and wanted to come back. And he agreed to come back as a walk-on there is just so meant so much talent. I have no idea how Penny and that crew and they're brilliant. So they'll figure it out, but how he's going to figure out rotation and minutes will be intriguing to watch. Now I did hear that Imani Bates announced he's going to play point guard at Memphis for Penny. So that's kind of exciting. And it might be, you might have to think about it. So how, how's he going to play point guard? What are you going to do with Halo? What are you going to do with, some of the other guys on the roster, who's going to, you know, you're, hope, you're obviously hopeful no one gets mad or upset and wants to transfer. But you look at it this way, you've got 16 guys on the roster. You can only bring 15 into the season, right? So what, who's going to, what is well, going to be? You, you, you can really bring in, more, you can only have 13 scholarship players. You can have more for walk-ons. You can only seat so many at the bench. I forget what it is, but you can sit them behind the bench. So you may rotate that. Um, Oh, Tyler a- Harris is is definitely a walk on, mm-hmm. but there's 16 currently. So is there going to be have to be an odd guy out that has to transfer, or what is well, it going to look like? There's there's only 13 scholarship players. All right. The other the other thing, you, uh, Harris is a walk on. Uh, uh, Jaden Hardaway is a walk on. Honor Glennon, and um, I, I, I can't remember, but there's only 13 scholarship players. All right. Well. Also, what do you com- what do you think the comparisons are from this team to the 2008 Final Four Memphis team with Derrick Rose in that run? Well, we'll have to see how they play together. That you you have to realize that team had a first team All American 
in CDR, Chris Douglas Roberts. It had a guy who went on to be rookie of the year and MVP in the NBA in Derrick Rose. I don't know that we got a first team All-American or a rookie of the year and MVP in the NBA on this team. We'll have to see how all of that plays out. I mean, I hope. Also, also we had other guys in the mix there that were three and four year players that were veterans of playing together, knew the Calipari system. There's only basically three guys who will get the majority of the minutes. If you want to throw halo in there four, that really know the way Penny and, and the company uh, will play. And that's uh, DeAndre Williams, Nolly, Quinones, and, 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 and Alo. I mean, you can throw in Harris a little bit, but, all these other guys are new to the system. And with that 2018, everybody knew the system except for Derrick Rose. So I got to see how they play. At this point, it's hard to beat the 2018. Hard to beat the 1973 team that, that had Penny, uh, Penny uh, that had Finch and Robinson and Keenan and uh, uh, you know, Cook and all these, and Walton, uh, not Walton, Bill Laurie, uh, all these guys that were terrific. And then don't forget the 85 team with Keith Lee and the little general and, and Bedford. I mean, there have been really, really great Memphis teams before. This one, we will use those others to, to as a barometer, but this, this team's got to prove it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited and I can't wait to see what this team just shapes out to look like because there's so much talent on this roster compared to last year. And so I just think this is our year. This could, We could be conference champions as well as making a bid to March Madness and we can be in the big dance and hopefully go deep in it. Like you were saying, maybe we could go to the final four again, which will be very exciting for the city. Oh, it'd be it would be incredible. I, I remember those runs. I remember the expectations with John Calipari were that we're going to make the tournament every year, and we just about did. And then you had a feeling when this team and the group from Laurenburg uh, was really starting to, to play together, you, you know, that you could make the Sweet 16 on a regular basis. And we did under John Calipari. So um, these are the, the roots that are being placed right now by Penny and his crew. Of, of being a second weekend team every year. First, you got to make, and we haven't done that in a while. So we'll see. I, I think um, Penny showed his, his coaching acumen by getting these guys to play together down the stretch last year, including the two Houston games that both could have been won. It was unfortunate the one in Houston Memphis lost, or they would have been in the tournament. But to keep these guys' spirits up and to go and fight and play so well together – in the NIT run was heartening and it showed you what kind of coach Penny is. And I suspect that will carry over to this year. Well, with the team as well, we've got several SEC games and also big, big school games on this year's schedule. Yep. So I wanted to break those games down with you like we did football and just talk about how each game, not every game on the roster, but I mean the schedule, but just those big, core games that we have, like the Tennessee game, the Ole Miss game, and et cetera? Well, the, uh, Memphis should be favored in the Ole Miss game. I know it's there, but with all the talent that you have, and Ole Miss has lost a couple of key players from last year's team. Um, now they have a good coach. There is no question in my mind about that. 
his teams play hard. They play really good defensively. I think that'll be a hard matchup for Ole Miss with the talent that Memphis has. Tennessee will be a neutral game, and Tennessee has their own five-star guys. That one will be really, really fun to watch. That'll be like the young kids on the block against a little more experienced team. Um, I, 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 I can tell you, I think that's a toss-up game. When you've got those kinds of caliber kids all on a neutral who knows? That's like really a preview of an NCAA tournament game. Now, do you think going into the Tennessee game, there's a chance that both teams, as in Tennessee and Memphis, are undefeated going into that game and one leaves uh, still undefeated? You, you know, I, don't, I really don't have their schedule, nor do I have Memphis's schedule in front of me. Uh, I, I know that Memphis will be in Brooklyn for the holidays before they play in that tournament around Thanksgiving. And um, I think with the way it's set up, with the teams that will be in Brooklyn, Memphis should win all those. I, I think there's a good chance that Memphis would be undefeated going into that game. I really do not know Tennessee's schedule for me to make that judgment. But as much talent as they have, you would think that, that would be a possibility. And you might see two top 15 teams vying against one another on national TV in Bridgestone Arena. And that'll be a lot of fun. And Memphis now has the number one recruiting class. For the third time, is it third or second since Penny's? It's, it, it, it's the second time in Penny's tenure. And okay. I, I, I really been thinking about this. I don't think Dean Smith. I don't think Mike Shishovsky. I know Mike Shishovsky. Uh, I know John Calipari. In their first four years, they never had two consecutive, uh, not consecutive two number one recruiting classes in those first four years. They've had them over time, but not in the first four years. So Penny is really making history here. He is. And it also sets up for next year's recruiting as well, because guys look at it and say, I want to go play for him. And he just had the number one recruiting class. Why wouldn't I want to go follow after Jalen Dern or Amani yeah. Bates footsteps? And I can be the next NBA top draft pick like they were. But Amani Bates, I think he will be on the team for at least at least two years, right? Well, you know, if it all works out, he cannot go to the NBA mm -hmm. his second year. He's only 17. So he's ineligible by age to go to the NBA draft this following year. So he'll have options. But I would say that if he ends up playing in Memphis – in front of packed houses on national TV 20 or 25 times and they make a deep run into the NCAA tournament and his NIL is soaring with social media hits. Yeah. Why would he go somewhere else? I mean, if you take a look last year at Jalen Green and his experience or guys like Suggs uh, or uh, uh, the kid that went first in the draft that played at Oklahoma State. Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham. Those experiences for those guys were much better than Jalen Green's, where he played to do empty houses, played against kids that were, you know, 10 years older than him, didn't have the experience that that Cunningham and, and, and Suggs had. I, I would think now with NIL money that the experience of playing in college would be a lot more exciting and pleasant and fulfilling. So if Memphis has a good year and if Bates has a good year, 
I don't see why he wouldn't come back for a second year. But he'll have the options to go to either the G League Elite or the Australian Basketball League if he chooses. Well, I'm hopeful he stays here in Memphis and just can attract some other top recruits to the city and be able to play with them as well. Yeah. Well, there's a there, there's going to be in the next week or two another announcement from a power forward who's um, could, could very it's it, it's three Florida schools in Memphis in the final right. for this power forward. So uh, we'll find that one out soon. Is it Chris Livingston or who is it? Uh, I I forget his name at the moment, but he's a Florida kid, six uh, eight right. power forward. Wow. Well. I appreciate you joining us on this episode. It's been a great time getting to talk Tigers with you and talk about this upcoming season for both basketball and football. Is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners who are listening to this episode? Today? Well, Robert, I would just say, you know, it's really a good time to be a Tiger fan. I used to say this in 2008 when I was ending the broadcast. I'd say, remember, these are the good old days. And frankly, with the way that Ryan Silverfield has been re- recruiting and his first year at eight and three, he did things that we haven't seen in a while. He beat UCF first time we beat them since they were an FCS school. We finally ended the drought with uh, the win at the Montgomery bowl. He's he, he, in his first year going eight and three was amazing. And with this team that we've got coming in, as long as there's a quarterback that can really understand the offense and execute it, I, I think this is going to be another eight or nine win season for the Tiger football team. And then we just talked about the basketball team. So for a guy like you in school at the moment, enjoy, because this kind of uh, atmosphere, this kind of uh, potential winning doesn't always happen. So you guys enjoy. That's the best advice I can give to you. Thank you so much, Mr. Relation, for joining us. You got it. Take care, buddy. Don't forget to join us next time on The Prowl. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the car.